0: Um This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by TeePublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love TeePublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on TeePublic, including the BGN Radio store right now, is on sale $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there just go to bgnradio.com click on the store and everything is there for you also 15 to 25 percent off right now of all the accessories mugs stickers phone cases onesies and a lot more just head to tpublic.com or again to bgnradio.com and click on the store this is bgn radio And It is episode number 238, and we are damn fired up because we got to actually see some football this week. John Barcher, Teron Davenport, of course, the man in charge, the jefe himself, Brandon Lee Gowton, coming down from his rock star throne and joining us for 238. Wherever you are out there, whether you're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Tune in, uh, and, uh, you know, wherever else that you are listening to us, please rate, subscribe, and review. The five-star reviews do go... A very long way. It helps us uh, gravitate towards towards the top of that Sports 200 board that everybody's obsessed with. So uh, you guys have been doing a great job with that. In fact, I think we are at uh, one in the 150s Correct. Uh, the past couple of weeks here, along with our other other, other friends, the Sixers beat. And uh, unfortunately for our good friend John, John Stillness, the Phillies are not helping him at all. So uh, maybe we maybe we should change this podcast altogether to like, you know, food. Or uh, I saw this naked man running down the street podcast or something. Uh, and hopefully the Phillies can take care of him as well. But you'll go check that out. And our friends at uh, Broad Street Hockey and the Step Over Pod as well as we're trying to, uh, you know, stick together as a little podcast community. Also, if you want bonus content, including bonus content from this episode alone, you can just go. Be one of our Patreon subscribers, and for three dollars, you can see all the behind-the-scenes video of this episode and past episodes as well as we were hanging out with WIP and James was having his first Woodrose cheesesteak and uh-huh. he basically had an orgasm when he ate it. And uh, you know, we'll be throwing a lot of pictures over conversations or uh, uh, you know, conversations that we're having off-air and, and things like that as well. Also, just posted our Eagle After Dark podcast as we uh, we went through all the rigmarole of. How the draft was, <laughs> and setting setting everything up, and all all the behind the scenes of that, and that's just five dollars or more uh, for that. And we'd like to thank our producers uh, as well that are on uh, the show page. So thank you very much for uh, your uh, support each and every week, guys. And right now at the BGN Radio Store, everything is on sale. So you uh, the the Philly Blunt shirt has been selling like hotcakes, and it's we really appreciate out. that, guys. So uh, T Public has been uh, has been a great help. And uh, anywhere that you can find, uh, actually just go to bgnradio.com and then click on the store. All of the items will be there for you by the time you are listening to this, and everything's on sale. so 14t-shirts and everything, accessory stickers, mugs, you know, uh, phone cases, all that stuff, 15 to 25 percent off depending on the item. There's even some onesies in there as well for your newborns. So any but, rompers? Uh, no rompers yet. We're getting here. <laughs> ben, we're getting we're getting the rompers act. I don't know, BLG, you, would you be down with a romper? no <laughs> okay yeah that's what i thought so uh we, it's getting there but and and i was just saying to teron that we need his his t-shirt up there as well got that dog in him with a with a bow tie so max Rappaport, if you're listening let's, let's get on that we'll put that up there too but gentlemen uh we, we, like we said we finally saw a little bit of football even though it was shells and shorts but very exciting to see some of the new picks out there blg what caught your eye the most
2: Oh, a lot of stuff. Um, very just. First of all, just great to get back to actual, quote unquote, actual football. And (laughs) it's actually not very much actual football because of the, the restrictions and everything. But still, you know, it's just nice to be out there, back at practice again. Um, so many, so many things always stand out on that first day because it, it's just this long time without seeing the Eagles practice, and all of a sudden, you got all these new faces in. The rookies and some of the veterans are back, and. Obviously, you have Alshon Jeffrey. I think he stood out the most to me, probably, just because he's so big. Not yeah, only is he tall, but he's just so thick. When he stands next to all the other wide receivers, he just clearly stands out. I remember there was a point in practice where I was like, huh, where's Alshon at? And I was like, oh, there he is. Like Pretty, pretty easy to find him. Um, and definitely easy to find him on the field, too. Thought he looked good catching the ball already. Uh, just so weird after watching a receiving core last year, especially in practice, that just couldn't catch at all. To have a guy like Alshon who's just catching every pass and looking great all the time, it's just its not the, what we're used to. So uh, Alshon is the guy who stood out to me the most.
1: You make a good point about Alshon. And the thing that stood out to me about him was just how strong his hands were. He had a couple catches in traffic, and you you just saw him just kind of snatch the ball. So that's a, a definitely a good point. And then the receivers overall, I mean, all the guys caught the football. Now, obviously – you know, uh, Doriel Green-Beckham and, and the football were kind of like Rocky and Apollo Creed <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, we're, fighting we're, each other. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah, he fought the ball in a couple of them. But uh, I, I think that was a good point. I was really fascinated by how quickly they inserted Rasul Douglas into the three-corner rotation. I mean, and not only at in the rotation, but at a key spot. He's on the left side. You know what I mean? So they go to nickel. Jalen Mills bumps inside. From left corner and Douglas comes right in at left corner and you have Patrick Robinson still there so that was something to watch. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into the O line D line, but what I was watching was just how Timmy Jernigan was able to to win the leverage. Back. Oh yeah, and that's something oh, that's oh, yeah. really interesting because he's low to the ground anyway, but he really was just getting up into whoever he was going against, getting up into their chest. And obviously, you can only do so much, but. I like watching the hand-to-hand combat. You saw a new move from Derek Barnett. Also, I was
0: yeah, that was the I was gonna say. I was like, that was the first thing that caught my yeah. eye. Because they okay, so they went ones on ones, and it was eleven on eleven. And I think that I'm I had an orgasm because uh-huh. I, honestly, I think it was it was him on Lane Johnson. It was the first go, and I think that's the first time I saw him use the kind of different hand techniques. Lane Johnson didn't know what to do. He goes, what the fuck
1: just happened?
0: Yeah. And he beat him right off the right off the spot as but he was going there.
1: That's that Chuck Smith stuff. Man. Yeah. Chuck Smith, a, a really good defensive end for the Falcons, but he has his own uh um what do you call it training facility where he specializes in helping pass rushers. And it, it makes me think of a funny story that uh, I, I talked to Vic Beasley um back at, at the Combine a couple years ago, and I asked him if chuck smith was working with him on karate and he just (laughs) laughed at me and then afterwards you know i pulled him aside and i was like that's one of the things that he does i know you're training with him that's one of the things and yeah that's what you saw you saw a lot of the kung fu you know type of moves as far as like keeping your hands you know quicker than the other man and and some of these things sense. are are really you know a lot of the guys did Muay Thai also mm-hmm. you know so you just see just the hand to hand combat cuz that's really what it is it's all about who could hit who first and who could keep themselves clean and, and you saw that against Lane Johnson who also looked really good at left yeah, he tackle, dropping yeah. back into his sets I was impressed
0: cuz the very next time that they went one to one he stoned him so that was kind yeah. of like that was really cool to see this rookie coming in you know, and just and showing his chops and made me it got me more excited. You know, mm-hmm. you saw all the things as advertised, and it trust me, it makes a difference when you're actually like seeing it 25 feet away from you as yeah. opposed to like oh, yeah. film and all that. Yeah. Then you start to realize, okay, that's where that is. the the bend really comes out to get off. Mm-hmm. You see all of that, and man, you start getting a little more excited again. Can't take too much away from it, but at least that you know, I, I think on day one he's going to be able to compete with with pretty much a, a, a lot of the different tackles. Uh, in this league, in this division, and uh, you know, and and BLG aside from aside from that, uh, and I know, I want I want you to describe it as best as you can remember <laughs> because the the Isaac Salamalu block on the uh, on the screen yeah. there got got you a little pumped. It got you a lot of retweets. So what did you see out there? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was a
2: screenplay, and uh, they ran out to the left, and I swear, man, I know it's the non contract contact drills and everything, but it's not like, you know, uh, it's not they no never contact. touch each yeah. other. Yeah, it's just, it's not, like, that's not realistic. And it's offensive and defensive line especially. Like, those guys are going to touch each other, not going to just <laughs> run by each other the whole uh, practice there. But that was awesome to me. I, I Like, Somalo just got out in space, and Vinny was there and i don't know if any didn't want to play the run or whatever but he was out there and isaac Sumalo just kind of like just tossed him into the ground pretty much yeah. um, not straight up pancaked him but he kind of just like tossed him and vinny fell so i was like whoa uh and i've definitely seen that from sumalo you go back and watch his college film i mean like he he does that sometimes i think uh who was that first round pick by the 49ers that defensive
0: end uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. last yeah, Eric- year uh, uh, Armstead, year, Armstead, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, or oh, no, Buckner, a, Buckner. Buckner, Buckner. Oh yeah, yeah, Buckner. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of all, all the damn Oregon pass rushers all that the come in. Oregon
2: <laughs> pass rushers that went to the 49ers Yeah, one of those guys. Like, there's this this uh, vine of him just destroying that guy. So oh, yeah, I remember kinda, that. Well, it kind of just reminded me of that. He has that nasty in him, and uh, i I'm, I'm glad to see he's getting the first shot at left guard. I don't know. If, like, Barber's injuries kind of playing into that. And speaking, going back to the cornerback thing real quick, like with Douglas getting in, I think the interesting thing to note about that is I think Ron Brooks might be the, the slot cornerback still. So I think if, if Brooks was healthy, um, the nickel could look like where, you know, Brooks is in the nickel and then Mills and Robinson are still on the outside. So... That's the weird thing about OTAs so far, too, is that there's some guys missing here. I'm sure this is a nice transition to get into our next topic. Oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, not yeah. only the veterans like that, but just some of these guys who are still hurt.
0: Let's get in on what. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back to some of the uh, the analysis and things like that. There's a couple other things I want to touch on too. But I mean, this has been blowing up for the past couple of days. Our good friend Joe DeCamera. Camera, Joe, I love you, buddy. Uh, but f- you know, con- completely flipped out. Is just like this is unacceptable that Fletcher Cox was not isn't going to be here and there's a lot of people that were disappointed. I, I think it's okay to be like, yo, man, that's not cool. But it's also like I can't remember a time ever where an OTA mattered towards the season, good or bad. Like I, I don't I can't think of a player that like, oh, he wasn't supposed to be here and he showed up and now the season's so much better, or right. this player didn't make it to OTAs and now the season is worse because of it. And you can point to it. It's so extremely hard to do that. Uh I, I don't know. I, I I'm curious why we're so upset about that versus a guy like Marcus Smith or Donnie Longball or Jason Peters not being there, like those three guys, especially for Marcus Smith. And I don't know if he's already if they, he's already been told like, yeah, dude, you're going to get cut anyway, so don't even bother showing up or <laughs> wow. or or whatever it is. Or it could be nothing. That's what I'm saying. All of this could be nothing. Fletcher Cox was on a vacation in the Caribbean, and then you saw another Snapchat of his where he was back home in Missouri. So like, I don't know, Toronto. I don't think it makes it does. I it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, and, I, I, again, just as we're saying, like, OTAs are great for us, but it's not – I mean, you're not learning anything new other than the defenses and the things that are there. I think Fletcher Cox has earned a right not to be there at, at OTAs.
1: Now, here's the thing. Okay, I understand as a leader you want him there and you, you want him setting the tone, but I'm going to tell you something. Timmy Jernigan, Derek Barnett, anyone else you want to mention – They could give a good rats behind whether or not he's there or not. Oh, yeah. Each of these guys are focused on their own job, right? So throw all that out the window, okay? These guys are focused. They're going to do them, right? Collectively, it's all going to come together, and at some point in time, you're going to see the finished product. But until then, each of these guys are doing them. Derek Barnett doesn't care if Fletcher Cox is there. He cares about learning the playbook. He cares about <laughs> learning the playbook and getting in and getting his reps. Right? You think Destiny, Destiny Vial, Vi- Vi- I can never pronounce his name, Big D, definitely, <laughs> you know, we'll change it from Big V to Big D. There you go. Uh, hey, now. That's that's what the ticks. say. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, he probably cares because it means more reps with him with the first team. But at the end of the day, I mean, come on, it's it's – it's an OTA, a voluntary workout, voluntary. He'll be here next week probably and, and, and going forward, and he'll continue to be the guy to lead the charge for them, you know, when it's time to pull everybody together and say, hey, look, man, this is what we got to do. You know, let's go out and do this, this, whatever. But right now is not the time really to be going crazy. Now, Marcus Smith, on the other hand, that's bad. He, this is different. Because your job is on the line. Yeah. Because obviously, we talked about Barnett, you got BG, you got Vinnie Curry, but Steven means business. So (laughs) he's another one that you have to be concerned about. And that's only going well for him because he's a special team standout. So, look, I think it's a problem for Smith not to be here. Cox, his job is solidified, his position is solidified, he's the leader of the team. One at all is going to be, you know, time to hit the fan. He'll be fine, and the team will be fine.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I think Donnie's job is okay, even though there's a punter in here at camp. And I, 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 two things you're building. One, I don't understand why people don't look at Jason Peters and Fletcher Cox is like, okay, these guys have been here before. They're the leaders, obviously. JP's on a on the last year of his deal, and he's he's way older
1: than uh, than I'm Fletcher not sure Cox. If he is
2: not- Last year.
1: Well, he'll be released. He's not technically. He's not, but this right. is his. I'm last assuming. Year. I'm assuming Jason okay. Peters
0: won't be back on an Eagles team. You know, whatever he wants to keep himself healthy for that next contract, whether it's here or anywhere else. So there's no no sense in risk, and that Eagles understand that. I, I, I'm. I'm. I, but nobody else is really upset at those different guys. And secondly. What do they want? What do they want to, to happen here? You know, do they want to? They want to find Fletcher Cox. Do They want him to sift? Like, what? Is, what is? What should be the punishment? You can't for Fletcher Cox if he doesn't show up. A, a voluntary? Yeah, you can't punish him. I know. What I'm saying, but what? What, what do Eagles fans yeah. want? What do they want? What would make it? They just want, situation want to be better? here. I
2: mean, I, I get and I get that. I think he should be here. Like, I don't think there's uh, a good argument against that. I know people will be like, oh, he might just get injured or something. But but like, come on. Like he, I think there's reason to be like mildly frustrated with Fletcher Cox not pull out your hair and not burn the city down I get that too not say it's the end of the world but like it's kind of annoying because look Fletcher Cox got like elite money last year I don't think he played like an elite player last year I'm not saying he had a bad season I think he had like a pretty good season no definitely above average by by all means but he didn't well he wasn't that elite player I think we all expected him to be I think that's fair to say so I think when you have all that, and he's expected to be a leader, and he's only 26, and, and he's the highest-paid player in the team, right? And he's he's not here. You know, I I could get why. You know, it's annoying to some people. It's frustrating, uh, and I do think it is very different from Peters, as you said, because Peters is 35. He's gone through so many injuries. Not even he's just not ones that have kept him out so much in recent years. But his body, you know, I I'm I'm totally fine with JP taking some time off. If he was here, they probably would have had him going easy anyway. That's how they've had him practice during the season. They've been taking it easy on him. Uh, Donnie Jones is going to be thirty-seven this summer. <laughs> he doesn't. We <laughs> how be old punting. he was. Like, give <laughs> his leg a break. If he was here, he probably wouldn't be punting anyway. So, you know, why why even have him around if he's not going to punt? So, and, and give the rookie uh, a chance to see what yeah. he can do. Um, so those guys don't need to be here. But, uh, the Marcus Smith thing, I f- like. Man, here's the weird thing about that. For as much as we can criticize Marcus Smith about being uh, not a good player. I've never once seen that guy have a bad attitude yep. or mm-hmm. be lazy. Like we cannot yeah. criticize him for those things. Like you can criticize him for a lot of things, but yeah, like yeah. the dude tries. And and whenever like, I've talked to him, I get a sense that you know he's like a good dude. He tries. Yeah. Uh, he seems like his head's in the right place most of the time, but like for him not to be here, there must be something going on with that like where maybe he's trying to force them to cut him. So and it would make sense for the Eagles to cut him cuz they can save like almost 1.5 million uh and he's due like a 60k uh, r- uh roster bonus on the third day of training camp so really the eagles should just cut him and hopefully he can get on with another team and have a chance to make that team maybe yeah because uh, june
0: 1st uh, is coming up real quick
2: right i mean that's all they're Uh impact with him he's the oh, okay. last year with the deal anyway but um yeah but the the roster bonus thing does so like again that's that's uh it's 594k exactly on the third day of training camp. So if they cut him before that, he's not going to be due that bonus. So Eagles just might as well cut him. Uh, they'd save 1.5 million. That's a lot of money, you know, to, to be saving in order to cut like what your fifth string defensive end. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Marcus Smith is like the worst player in the world. Like he had a, you know, he did two and a half sacks last season. That's fine. As a backup, he plays special teams. That's fine. But for the money, it just doesn't make sense and
0: give him a chance to go somewhere else. Yeah. And you already, I mean, like you drafted and you know, signed a bunch of guys, to replace all that stuff, too. So you might as well have them get as many reps as possible and just kind of move on. And especially if it's, it's going to block any of uh, Derek Barnett's snaps. Yeah, I don't see the reason why they, why they shouldn't do that either. Uh, BLG, also a little drama as well. Uh, I guess from, uh, from the fallout. It's just so ridiculous. It's all the things I hate about the offseason. Look, I, I say this with, I don't know Marcus uh, Hayes personally. I've, I've hated him since before I even got into the podcast or anything. I, I think his articles are bullshit. I think most of the stuff that he does is, is just to say things and be contrarian. All that's fine. You know, I, I, I can still respect the guy as a reporter if that is, you know, okay, we need you to write these type of things. I, I get that. Some people are put in those positions, and some of it actually comes from his brain. But I, I couldn't fault him because, you know, he's doing there, he's doing a job, whatever. In this particular case, when he's trying to basically say that the Eagles organization—I didn't read the fucking articles because I don't—I don't care. Like there was the headline and all the hubbub was enough. Why why even bother clicking on it? But like the Eagles are really upset. They made it—he made it sound that they were so distraught over Carson Wentz getting a, a private instructor and and basing all this stuff on like Doug Peterson's body language and we were all there everybody saw the damn thing it was on eagles live can uh, is it is it even possible blg that that Doug peterson even knows how to be you know uh, you know sarcastic or in a i don't know he he is a pretty straightforward guy here i couldn't believe that this actually and then it got picked up everywhere i guess that's why i got upset about it cuz pft picked up this thing saying oh yeah the eagles aren't uh, it, it looks like they was a little upset with Carson Wentz's, you know, program. That be, turns into a thing. Like, I, I think it's just so irresponsible to do stuff like that. It's incredibly
2: irresponsible. You're basically presenting your, uh, like, opinion, first of all, which is just totally off base. And, and no one else is getting the same vibe. You know, maybe it doesn't – I'm not saying, like, the majority is always right here. But, I mean, doesn't that give you, like, a sense that you might not be in the in the right here? It's crazy yeah. to me. Um, I just don't even get what, like, the, the bigger point is here. So, all right, so the Eagles aren't happy with Wentz. so like, what are they going to do, cut him now? Like, like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, what's the the fallout <laughs> here? Even if this See, was same true, thing. like, what's yeah. the point of it? And the, the whole thing that bothers me with this is, now this is kind of a broader thing here, but, like, there's this script at the bottom of all of these philly.com articles like thank you for your continued support we recently asked you to support our journalism blah 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 like the importance of supporting the papers and supporting journalism but then you put like this bullshit out there and it's like are you kidding me like you're gonna come cry poor and like cry that the papers are dying when you're like putting out like this is just absolute garbage out there and it, it really bothers me i wanted to do an article about this Hayes thing i still might i'm not sure But at the same time i'm like I shouldn't do an article about it cuz it's just giving them the attention they want and that's garbage but at the same time I feel like like this is so bad that it deserves to be called out it's like it's one thing to have a very hot take or a very bad opinion or something controversial opinion like that yeah, maybe you might but not that, like comas, but we don't, you know. But we, well, we yeah, want to but go. Exactly. But I that's, this, um, but that's ro- rooted in opinion. This and not presented as fact. Like this is right. just total misinformation, fake news, alternative facts, if you will, presented as fact. And it's just terrible. It's disingenuine um, or disingenuous. It's just it's so bad. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how he gets away with it. I really don't. I think it's that
1: bad. I shall call this scuttlebutt. That's what it is, <laughs> Right. And it was presented as fact. That's the bottom line. And here's my thing. When you're going to present something as fact, I think really, and, and, and we talked about this before the show, do what you have to do to talk to the source directly and ask him directly, are you pissed off about it? And I think if, if he had the same tone as you guys are having, that w- when you're talking about it, then okay, you know what? Yeah, it is fact he's pissed off about it. But you look at this, he's already said that it wasn't an issue back when he was asked at the combine, you know, looked all of us in the face and said he had no problem with it, right? So why would he from then to now all of a sudden have an issue with it? There's no reason for him to have an issue because it's not like Carson Wentz is the only quarterback on the planet Earth who is working with a guy to improve his technique. At the end of the day, I mean, look, we just talked about Fletcher Cox and being upset with him for not being here for voluntary workouts, right? Yes, This guy... No one is allowed. They're not allowed to talk to him, you know, up until April, whatever it was. So this guy took it upon himself to humble himself and reach out to a professional quarterback guru, so to speak, and perfect his his do something. What is what is the issue in that? (laughs) That's that's a, but then b. If you look, Doug Peterson, like if we had this little screen right here and how it shows, like you know the the whatever it's called. With, seismograph or whatever. Seismograph, yeah. And or the showed, light detector or whatever? Not even a light But just like when your tone changes. On, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. This changes. Doug Peterson is the same line the whole time <laughs> in his press conference. Yeah. There's no variation as far as tone or anything. So I really don't see how you could get that type of vibe. And, I mean, look, we all read things differently. I've only read Doug Peterson to be pissed off maybe two or three times. You know what I mean? I don't remember exactly what had happened, but I remember maybe two or three times. I remember Carson Wentz getting pissed off. Actually, I did it. <laughs> I asked him about his mechanics after the Cincinnati game because he threw in inter- oh, three interceptions. That. And, you know, but I don't still- think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just happened to release the ball and it sailed like Superman, you know, <laughs> but hey, that's a different story. But it's just like I I mean, why are we putting this out as fact? Yeah, it's, and that's the major thing with that I have a problem with. It, it write the story, that's fine, but use words like "seem to have," yeah, use yeah. words like "in my opinion" or "in," you know, whatever. That type of thing is is what you what you needed to do instead of presenting these facts. These people nationally who weren't there didn't see it, didn't go back and look at the. The press conference are now thinking that there's an issue within that locker room that really doesn't even exist. Sorry, man, it's not 1996 anymore. The internet exists. Like, you know,
0: it's just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's in the same thing that where you were saying, BLG. I almost like I almost hate talking about it because mm-hmm. it, it just like it kind of promotes him in a in a, in a way too. But. I don't know. It's just uh, – it it, it, need to be, it needs to be said. And just yeah. stop bringing this stuff, honestly. I, I I stopped a long time ago, and you should too. But uh, I, it, interesting that we did – speaking of Wentz and the mechanics in a lot of that, Brandon and I were sitting side by side there, and as they started doing their first 11-on-11s, I kind of looked in there and I said, mm, I don't really see anything really different. I said, I think there's a little more I, – I think I leaned over to you, BLG. I said, if anything – it's yeah. a tiny bit more compact. I don't really yeah. notice any big differences. That's, that's what it was. And, uh, <laughs> and, of course, Johnny Page, being the fabulous nerd that he is, took last year's OTAs and took this year's OTA footage and put them side awesome. by side. And I was like, so awesome. oh! I was like, there actually is a pretty noticeable difference in the in the way, the, you know, the elbow isn't, isn't dropping as low, the ball isn't dropping as low. So I would say, at least for the most part it's it it it's been working so far, but the question for me is, as always, will it work in week 7 and 8 and 9 yeah. and 10? But it's good to see that initially here. Actually, go ahead, and,
1: and And that's the thing, last year, when I know he was working on his mechanics and changing things, that's one of the things I asked him initially was, okay, I know you're working on these mechanics, but I know when the bullets are live, sometimes, or most of the times, you revert back to your old techniques. And I asked him how he was going to change that. And he said it's just something he's going to work on. And that's just the same this year. Now, I will say, and I wish I was standing with you guys, because somebody had asked me you know, if I saw a difference. And the big difference that I saw was that the ball wasn't so low and it wasn't such a wind-up. Because yeah. before, when he would throw the football, it would just really be like a wind-up. Mm-hmm. And he was thrown with all upper body. And that's why Peterson was talking about stepping towards the target and and getting your your sight lines, your throwing lines, all in in sync in in one. And that's going to get him more velocity on the football, which is going to get the ball to the guys more in in a position to catch and run and and, and get yards after the catch, you know. But my thing is the delivery is more compact. He's holding the ball higher, which is good on the ball security side of things. So we just have to see how this is going to transfer and – you saw it on the field in that one day that that we saw. I just want to see how it's going to carry over, and it has to become so habitual that it's not something that he's consciously thinking uh, about. You know, I, I got to make sure I keep yeah, the ball you up. Just have the those ball
0: memory up. reps that are in there. He already has enough to think about. Right. This
1: West Coast offense is stupid. You know, as far as like knowing the terminology, just even as a receiver, knowing you know, okay, if it's this cover, I got to convert here, and, and instead of breaking this route off at fourteen back to twelve, I got to go from from ten to eight and. Yo, know, there's a lot to consider as a positional player, but a quarterback, you got to know everything. You've Got to know where everybody's
0: going to be at, <laughs> and you got to know
1: all the checks. You know, yeah, he has enough to think about. They need to, you know, avoid giving him other things to think about, and that's why now it's all about that muscle memory.
0: And BLG, you kind of noticed the same things that I did, just kind of throughout practice And, again throughout this, just to make sure. I think we can stop saying it after after I mention it again, but it's OTAs. Take everything for what it's mm-hmm. worth here. Just know that we're all talking in that regard. Kind of an up and down day, I guess for for Wentz for the time that we saw him there. BLG. I mean, I I don't know if it is you know still working on those mechanical things. Some sailed something, you know, s- somewhere there. A couple of jump balls that were kind of iffy or whatever. But I don't know what did you. I know you wrote about it. So what did you make out about Wentz's uh, practice performance? Oh great! Oh That's, great! Uh, oh great! No, um, <laughs> it definitely was up and down. I think
2: there was one point earlier on in practice. It was just you know Wentz throwing to. Uh, receivers, no, no defense, just one on one there. And uh, man, I swear there were like three or four times, and well, not four, but it was like I'm pretty sure it was three out of four times. Uh, Wentz was trying to throw deep to guys along the sideline, and they were just like sailed each time. And I was just kind of, I just laughed to myself. I was like, oh man, um, <laughs> it's the first day, so like I'm not gonna be like freak out too much. But um, and I think the the kind of here's the weird thing, and I kind of uh, theorized this last year. I think. Uh, This term might get overused sometimes but I feel like Wentz is a gamer man because as soon as they went from that drill which is like a little more casual to like uh, again this was no defense still but it was like a team setting and everyone's like running full speed and sprinting and they're almost running like a no huddle at this point like when the bullets are flying like he was connecting with people down the field and everything like you just saw the tempo turned up and and he was pretty uh, very spot on so as soon as I kind of tweeted that out there that he was overthrowing some passes, he he came back and he looked really sharp. Uh, he made some really nice throws yesterday. I felt like uh, hit Alshon at least once. Had a uh, Zach Ertz on a post along the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have that interception to Rodney McLeod. I don't know what was happening Careless there, throw. where he kind of just threw it up. Uh, I don't think I saw like the beginning of the play or and see everything there, but I kind of just noticed that all of a sudden, uh, Wentz is targeting Alshon and I guess he was double covered and. And I don't have any problem with giving you know Ashawn a chance to catch the ball, but it, the ball was especially off target, early. Really, Got to test too. that thing out. See, it it see was yeah, throw, but you know period. it was it was yeah. way off. It like Rodney McLeod yeah. was almost like catching a punt back there like at one point. So um, that wasn't great. But let's say let me please let me point out. I have to do this that Carson Wentz was certainly not the worst quarterback there because I think we can give <laughs> that award to our good old friend. Nick Foles. He something's never changed. Still throwing wobbly passes down the field. Oh, oh man, uh, yeah. throwing the Zacherts' feet when he's three feet away
0: at like Still fifty Nick miles an hour too. <laughs> yeah, super.
1: <He's> getting his <laughs> Nate Sudfield on trying to oh, kill yeah. those worms.
0: <laughs> and uh, also, just like I think the very first pass that he threw was a swing pass, uh, and it just it was it was behind and it was at somebody's feet, and you're just like Jesus Christ, Nick. Mm. You know, he's such a nice guy. And, and then in the locker room, because I feel bad judging all these guys all the time. And then you talk to him, and he's like, hey, uh, I really like
1: uh, saltine crackers, and things are great. <laughs> <laughs> just do it the right way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. This is all about doing it the right way. They have a job to do. We have a job to do. Absolutely.
0: Know, so. I, again, Nikki Franchise, very nice guy. will always be just, he is what he is uh, during this. So I actually thought Matt McGloin looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for what he is, it's still Matt McGlone, and uh, you know I still kind of prefer a preferred, uh, you know a developmental guy that maybe could turn into a backup or something you could sell in there. But I mean, whatever. It's it's an it's an inactive spot, and uh, I think if if desperate times call for desperate measures, maybe he can squeeze out a game for you. You know, maybe you know, but it's, it's hopefully you'd have to rely on Legarrette Blunt and, and just hand him the football forty times it's a game or the game, <laughs> something like that. And again, by the way, the Philly Blunt T shirts on sale right now at our T Public Store, BGN, our T Public slash User slash BGN Radio. But we will be sending out the links in all the show pages, or you can simply go to BGNRadio.com and click on the store.
1: We have to give him one of those, honestly. Yeah, my, I think we should. Media availability, just be like, look, man, you came in. We thought of this. There you you got to go. have it. <laughs> you know, just give it to him. What do you think? He seems a like X? he's cool. Yeah, I would say yeah, a double I X, think he'd, you he'd be down know. with that. Yeah. You, know, it you don't think it would
0: offend him, though, because like, of the weed charges from before if he takes it that way. It's like, oh. that, that was my only concern about that. You know, just like, hey, you know, uh, maybe we should explain it to him first. It's just like, hey, there's a really popular cigar. It's called, the you know, the Philly Blunts. Uh, he knows what a Philly blunts.
1: <laughs> 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 that's not just yeah. a Philadelphia. And, 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 and look, not to bring up old things, but that's. Part of what he got caught up in when he was in, <laughs> oh, in, in Pittsburgh, so you know,
0: I, you, I, I, I would feel nervous. I would feel nervous giving it to him. I feel like right, what the fuck is how this? How about we
1: do this? I, I'll I'll befriend him on Tuesday. There I'll pull go. Him aside and talk to him, and I will gauge him and then see you know okay. see where he's at. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a, a good I mean? idea. Yeah.
0: I like that idea a lot. Maybe show him a picture on the phone first.
2: Oh, yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. A that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Like,
1: here,
0: this is, you know, we came up with this thing. We thought it was really cool. Yeah. We'd like to give you one as a gift if you'd like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Then we can kind of uh, drop that off. And, and by the way, speaking of which, I mean, that's the thing that I th- – it's obviously going to catch your eye because everybody else, every running back is 5'6 on the field or 5'7 or 5'8.
1: Very strange.
0: It was – I mean, he towered over <laughs> everybody. So when BLG says stuff like he looks like – He's bigger than every linebacker that's on the field that's currently on the team. Oh, he is literally bigger than every linebacker. And there was a helmet issue early on uh, when they were doing warm-ups and stuff. And it just, like, (laughs) he was running without a helmet. And I was like, you know what? He probably doesn't even need one because he would kill everybody out (laughs) on the field. And that's – and I – you, and it's all just because, uh, it, really, it's my first year being down there and really paying attention to all this stuff. So take that into consideration as well. But actually seeing Blunt on the field and going like, God damn, this guy's going to get a lot of first downs. Yes. He's
1: just huge. He specializes Look, in it. Yeah. Everybody says, oh, he averages 3.9 per car- carry. Uh, so what? <laughs> that's a lot a of good. times you More have him. He's that's- doing what you're asking him to do. <laughs> Hey, meathead, get in the game and and duck your head. And, Put your helmet and, and get on. Put us, your helmet on. Yeah. Get, us, get us these two yards. You know, and that's really what, what it's about. So he's doing his job, man. And, you know, the thing that is so lost and all of that is he's going to make this team better because he's going to give them more snaps. How many times were they, you know, not successful in third and short, not successful on fourth and short, not successful on – first and goal from the five-yard yeah. line. You got this battering ram. You just keep – and the thing that I like about him is he understands how to get little. He has that Frank Gore type of ability where a cat – like, you know, a cat, if he could get his head through through it into an area, the rest just of his body's right going to get there too. And that's something that he has a lot of people over uh, underrate, and that's why he's such a really – good short yardage back because he has a feel for the blocking scheme. He has a feel for where that hole is going to pop up and he has that way of just squeezing through there and if it's not there, he could bounce it outside and I I just want to make sure I got this correct.
0: He's got that dog in him, but he also has that Cat sneak ability to get away. He's he's got the dog <laughs> and the cat, man. He's he's unique. He's unique. I love it. No, and it's true. I mean, Blg, you, you kind of feel the same way when you were looking across and seeing some of the running backs, and even and Donnell Pumphrey looked like he had. You know, it's a first DJ. day. He was kind of he was kind of a little bit up up and down there. He dropped some passes in there, but he you could,
2: fumbled once. Yeah, yeah he um, dropped one. Looked a really one. good as a, a punt returner, which I don't think he returned a single punt in, in a game. In uh, college, it's kind of weird. And I think he only had like five kick returns, too. And he was doing Mm -hmm. some of both of that there in practice and looked really natural doing it, which is great for the Eagles, you know, because Darren Sproles is going to retire after this year. And Sproles, obviously one of the best punt returners in the game today. And to not have him is going to be a big loss. But if you got Pumphrey in here, I'm kind of interested to see what he can do. Um, as far as Blunt goes, man, I, I just I'm like more and more I'm just loving that guy. With the thing on on Twitter last week where he's just someone tries to come at him and insult him, and he's just like, "Hey man, f you." Um, he didn't say that <laughs> literally, but just like the sentiment Basically, of that, like yeah. he just, he just puts a dude on blast and, and the thing without the helmet, I don't even know if that was intentional or not. I just love seeing him run down the field. Uh, he looks fast, man. And, th- and that's yeah. the thing with blunt. Like we talk about him as this short yardage guy and obviously he's had success there, but a good stat. And I know Teron loves stats, so I have to bring it up. Um, <laughs> 4.92 yards per carry over the past three seasons on runs to the outside. And that's 10th. Out of fifty-nine running backs with uh, over like a hundred carries, so that's pretty good too. He's not only this guy who can run between the tackles, but also, and I think we saw that too in practice. He he has a good speed too, man. He's big, but he can run.
1: Yeah, he and he's athletic too. You know, he he won't hesitate to jump over somebody. So that's a good thing. Uh, just getting back to uh, Pumphrey, DJ, real quick. Um, you're correct. He didn't have too much experience in in school in games, but that is something that. A lot of times in practice, you you do that. I remember, man, I didn't return a, a single punt in four years. You know what I mean? But I caught probably a good one hundred of them. You know, from in practice, always catching catching the punts and, and getting in that line. And you, hey, look, even Dylan Gordon got in the line. So these guys do that in practice just to hone their craft. You know, as far as catching the football because it's all hand eye coordination. And I talked to him at the Senior Bowl about that, just why he wasn't in the return game and. You know, remember this is a guy that had over a thousand carries. So he said that what they did in in school at San Diego State was not have him do that as much because they wanted to give him the football as much as possible. So there's reasoning behind that. And you're right, though he looked very, very comfortable catching the football, uh, you know, from the jugs machine on punt. So that's going to be a thing to watch. I can't wait to watch him during, um, you know, training camp, but more importantly during the preseason when he gets those touches because you know Darren Sproles isn't going to. Get many of them, so you're going to get to see this guy, and I, I can't wait. That's a gift that I'm waiting to unwrap. And obviously, you know, over the last couple of years, he's someone I've been high on. Oh,
0: absolutely, and I, yeah, well, I think everybody's kind of excited to see him in the in the running game too, and just kind of
1: know, plays,
0: yeah, bounce around and just and just kind of see what happens. I can't believe we made it this far, and we didn't get really into this, but wow. So uh, DGB, <laughs> 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 rough day, rough day. We'll just say we'll be we'll be nice. So it's funny because. I think everybody's seen the video at this point. If not, we'll have it on BGNRadio.com dot com and also on Bleeding Green Nation on our show pages. And it's it's out there already. It's been on our Facebook and everybody's Twitter feed. But uh, I was so all I wanted to do is just film the drill, basically, because I wanted to get Grow and his reaction. Because I he is before before we get into that, real quick, I got to say, Mike Grow, I get it. Awesome, now. I totally awesome. understand why something like uh, him with that you know the veteran presence and working with it, I mean, constantly yelling at a couple of the guys saying, there's nothing on the ground, eyes in the air, like all that stuff. How are you going to get off the ball if you're looking at the ground? Yeah, there's nothing down there. (laughs) Look at the ball. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, and you got it, and just all the different drills that they're doing, uh, I haven't seen those happen in Eagles practices before, so I think he's adding some new elements to that as well, and I think he's doing awesome. So the whole reason why I was filming that is to pick up all that audio. And they were just doing simple drills. So here comes Alshon Jeffrey. He does goes in and out, comes around the comes around both flags, catches the ball, moves on. Now Snagler, who we haven't mentioned because some of the questions are about him, and we'll get into that in a little bit, does the same thing. Even crisper, even faster, catches the ball, moves on. DGB comes out of the thing, stumbles, turns Whoa. around the flag, stumbles again, cuts the corner to way too way too wide, and the ball goes off of his shoulder. He falls down on the ground, does the little tumble goes. Oh, man. i <laughs> are just sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just caught all that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I still love my prediction here, BLG, that uh, I, th- I think he's cut week two. Oh, well, he he can't now. Sorry, I yeah. forgot. The new rule, is, it's one cut down day in the NFL. The owners passed that. So it's just, I, I feel sorry for actually both of you because that day that happens, that transaction list is going to be longer than my... Well, it's going to be long, and, uh, oh. and, and you're going to be there forever and ever and ever. But, uh, so, well, regardless of that, I think he's he's cut early as possible, maybe even before. Can they cut before training camp? Yeah, they can do that, right? They yeah. They can get do. rid of guys, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not past that and he ends up as an Arizona Cardinal for the rest of camp, man. I mean, I'm done with him. Yeah, and, that, you that, know, that.
1: the thing with him, and I remember in school we had guys who had trouble catching the football. And uh they would fight it, you know, and our coach would always say, "Yeah, beat him up, ball, beat him up and, and that's that's what's happening. He's fighting the football, he's not catching it naturally and and you saw that on the one deep pass that that he did catch yeah. on air, and he still double caught it and you could just <laughs> tell like you I'm watching him, and I'm just looking at him, and I could just tell that he's not comfortable catching the football, and that's a problem, you know, and then you look at those drills that coach Dr- Gro has them doing, that's all about Securing the ball through the catch, you know, first, first and foremost, getting in and out of your breaks, getting your head around locating the football, securing it through the catch, and then through contact. And that drill that he has them do with with the noodle, where he's smacking them at yeah. the end, that's an awesome drill. And that just forces muscle memory to tuck it, because if you don't tuck it, because coach coach uh, trip is 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 hitting right at the ball, you know, press trip or whatever his yeah, name yeah. is, he's he's smacking right at the ball, so it forces you to tuck it, but. That's something that, you know, DGB is just struggling right now. And even just small, minute things, you know, as I'm not a professional wide receiver. You know what I mean? But I see it I see him lining up. And I, I saw a couple of other guys too. Paul Turner did it also where they're looking down. You have to look at the ball. Yeah, Paul That's the only way you're a- gonna get a good jump on the football. You have to have to look at the ball because when you're in Dallas and that crowd's going crazy and it's third and seven and you, you got uh, Nolan Carroll coming up, press, <laughs> pressing you, right? <laughs> you you have to get off the snap right away because if you don't, you know you're not going to the rhythms knocked off. So he has a lot to do in order to get himself together. I'll be surprised if he's around. And you yeah, got these young up. rookies and Mac Hollins and and Shel, Shelton Gibson, who Shelton. And I'm going to tell you guys a little something about Shelton Gibson. All right, I know we all believe that he's really good, and I I fully believe. But don't expect to see a whole lot yet. Oh yeah, he's, well you know. But
0: as you say that, and uh, BLJ, I want to get your thoughts on this too. I was actually uh, really shocked at how many balls he dropped in
1: practice. Wow. Exceptionally shocked. Well, here's, I was like, here's the wow. thing. Wow. He's thinking too much. Yeah. He's thinking too. This this West, and it's a conversation I had with him. You know what he's required to do here is a lot different and a lot more. Uh, detailed than what he had to do at West Virginia. Yeah, that's what happens right? with most of those guys. It, most of them, you know, but when there are some guys, you know, like you know, some of your guys that play at Stanford, even SC, you know, these guys come out and they're pretty polished as far as the route running side of things is concerned because they run multiple routes. Right. He, didn't, he didn't run a lot of yeah, routes. Route so great. now you're, you're, you're learning new routes. In addition to learning this scheme, he's a, a guy that's his game is based 100% off of speed, right? Driving here, like let's say let's say I gave you directions to my house. That first time you get to my house, it's going to take you X amount of minutes. But once you're comfortable driving to my house, it's going to take you less because you know where you're going. Yeah, and it's, you can it's know the shortcuts nature. and things like and, and, that too. And that's the same thing with this offense. And BL- so you're not going to see a lot from him right
0: away. Yeah, and BLG just to get back to the GGB thing too. Like I know you, I know you saw that Patrick Robinson.
1: Deflected. Oh yeah,
2: that was that was so bad, man. That's Patrick Robinson is uh about like five eleven here. Yeah, and uh, DGB is about six four, so there's about a good five or four inches there, and man, <clears throat> went through pass deep, and if that's all Sean, like no question, that's getting caught, like yeah, and obviously, and in, in fairness to or DGB, all Sean's really good at that. It's yeah, like uh, I'm not saying like just any wide receiver makes that catch, but you know DGB's supposed to be this big guy, it's supposed to be a guy who can go up and get that jump ball in theory and he just can't like patrick robinson just jumps up and really good play by patrick robinson and credit to him um for getting up there and knocking that thing down but but man i mean you need to see dgb get out muscled like that and it's just like there's just he, no hope there really he I took mean.
1: himself out of the play he jumped yeah. before the ball was even there
2: yeah you, yeah you know what i mean he that just,
1: was really the issue poor ball he, skills
2: he has no chance to make this team pretty much. I mean, cause even if he does, he's not contributing on special teams and going back to Gibson. Yeah. There's been some drops there and, and I get the idea that some fans might be excited by the speed and everything, but I really don't even think he's active this season, at least early in the season, yeah. um, unless he's contributing as a kick returner or something, which I don't know, that doesn't seem impossible, but otherwise if you're keeping six, you're, you're not going to keep all of those guys active. And, and in fairness, here, Matt Collins, I thought looked pretty decent. I know John's yeah, favorite wide receiver, Matt Collins. I thought he kind of had a good day catching passes without gloves on, which I always think is yeah. curious. Um, he looked really good. I don't think I maybe he dropped one because I saw him doing push-ups at one point. But outside of that, I didn't. I never saw him drop a pass personally, and I thought he looked pretty good. Looked pretty fast
0: too. He's really smooth, man. That's that's the thing I think that uh, sticks out about him the most is just the same with and and even I'll say. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll just get into it now, as Nelson Aguilar. It usually is during these times too. Like they are, his. He's really polished. Like Matt Collins is 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 really nice, and his hands are good. And I really want to see him with the pads on. And I, that's that's the one guy that I'm very curious about. And I think he he will be definitely active. And I think he's gonna be oh, yeah. he's gonna have snaps early on. I, I there's gonna be a nice little battle going on, and you know I I I know that. It's and it's this, it's the same cycle of, of everything here. But Nelson looked really good, man. <laughs> you know, Nelson looked really, really good. Made a lot of tough catches. Did a lot of nice things. And I no I drops. I no drops at all. Didn't look scared. Didn't play scared. I know that. I think Peterson even mentioned that Groh had lit a fire under his butt, and he's really doing all this stuff. And I get it. It's Listen, guys, we're in May. I, I, I would never try and convince you of anything. And I wouldn't even say anything is ridiculous as, well, Nelson Aguilar is going to, this is his year to kind of come around and, and turn around and do all this stuff. But I am still hanging in that very low bottom of, like, he's just, the way he's able to run routes and do the things that he does, he can't, he has to be at least something. He can't just be... A complete bust here. So, so maybe, maybe there's going to be a little bit from him this season with this new wide receiver
1: coach here. We talk familiarity, right? This is his first time having a repeat year in the same scheme.
0: But to be fair, a lot of guys have been using that this year. Zach Ertz has used that. You know, there's you can and, and well, maybe it's true. It's, you can say that with truth. the entire of your offense. It's yeah. the
1: truth. That, I mean, that a lot of guys are using it because it's true. <laughs> you know, a lot of people yeah. like steak because it tastes good. That's the oh, fact of the matter. Except for BLG, not okay. a steak guy. Well, not yeah. a huge steak guy. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people like to eat because food tastes yeah, good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so that, that we can we all go. agree on. So yeah. the thing, the thing is, when you look at, at at Nelson Aguilar, and and we are so 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 caught up in the Mike Evans, the Brandon Cooks, or Odell Beckham Jr., the Jarvis Landry. These guys were able to come in and have success early. That's rare. Not everyone does that. Amari Cooper. Not everybody does that. Guys take time to develop. You have to allow him to develop at his own pace. I'm not making excuses for the man because the fact of the matter is he dropped way too many footballs last year. He dropped footballs that he had no business dropping, especially that slant. Where he probably would still be running if he would have caught it. It was at home. I forget who it was against. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he should have Giants game exactly. He should have caught the ball. He didn't. Right. So the thing is, if if it's these different little things that, that that are are causing him to fall short, what happens if he does catch that football? You know what what happens if he is able to put it all together? You have a really good player. What happens if he's used correctly to where you're getting him the ball in space, allowing him to make the easy catch to develop his confidence and catch the football and get upfield? Jordan Matthews said it. He hasn't seen a guy who has the ability to put his foot in the ground and get upfield as, as explosively as as Nelson Aguilar. So and those we've are seen that in flashes. That, yeah, we've seen it in flashes. So, right? so it's just you know, he just has to put it together. This is year three for him. This is the year typically that receivers – are able to really make their mark. We're just caught in a microwave society. I think the guy has plenty of ability. I will continue to preach that. It's Something I preached last year, and he showed it in spurts. And I, I think he's going to have a solid year this yeah.
0: year. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, hope hopefully, hopefully this, and then and then we can celebrate. Because honestly, it would. I mean, that's a, that's the part of the hope here, BLG, is if and hope. And if that works out, this wide receiving core looks pretty good. Oh, they they look deep, man. You know, then it, then it g- goes from, it goes from like, okay, it's a lot better from last, than last year to oh, wow, you know, Nelson Aguilar has you know, whatever, six, seven hundred yards and a couple of catches there and, uh, you know, that's what we're looking for. I don't, I'm not, we're not, a, obviously by this point, we're, you know, the, the thousand yard guy is, is kind of long gone. The wide receivers that they brought in are to replace probably most of this group here. But if it doesn't and just like you said, if Gibson's struggling, Nelson Aguilar would be a huge asset to just be a, be a something in this offense.
2: I can't believe how good Nelson Aguilar looked. I know, right? I know it's May he's and everything, quick. but honestly, yeah. like seriously, because I don't agree with the the thing you said, John, about like oh, you know, this is just this time of year where he's been good. I mean, no, like in my opinion, I've I the only time I've seen Nelson Aguilar be really good was like maybe a little bit. And OTAs when he was a rookie at first. I thought there was something promising there. But since then, I've watched so many – I've watched every practice of his that's been open to the media. And I've just seen really nothing there that I was very impressed with on a consistent basis. There might have been a good play here and there, but just nothing that he strung together consistently and you came out and you were like, wow – that was a really good practice, so for him to do that <laughs> uh, it's exactly what he needed because he needed to get off to a good start this year I mean this is his last if he plays bad if he struggles this year this is his last year in Philadelphia yep. like, there's no question so he needs to have to get off to a good start here you know Doug Peterson did say that micro lit a fire under him and it looked like it he was catching everything yep. he looked smooth the confidence is there. Uh, maybe the, the haircut helped a little bit. You he <laughs> his head now. Uh, it, the jersey it doesn't look like tans. a
1: microphone anymore, man. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, maybe those things help, you know, like a little bit just psychologically or something there. Um, so, uh, very encouraging to see. I'm still, you know, again, one practice. We'll see. I'll believe it once I get some more of these practices strung yeah. together, but uh, definitely more than I expected.
0: Yeah, for sure. and And that's kind of. That was, I think, I, I honestly think
1: that that's the most impressive player at OTH, as, yeah. as we saw there. And, so. and it's a mindset thing. You know, we were texting back and forth earlier, uh, Nelson and I, and, you know, I, I texted him something that, you know, uh, I, I saw that, that I really liked that Ray Lewis said, you know, about stacking days, you know, how excellence is a series of small things stacked on top of each other, done well day after day after day after day and and that's that's the mindset that he's adapted to just doing a series of little things the right way and how that will collectively add up to excellence and uh, I think that you know like I said this this could be a, a solid season for him and I'm expecting it to be
0: yeah absolutely uh well uh you know and obviously all of us will be down there next week as well so uh, we will we will see if anything has changed. And by us saying all this, I'm sure that Mel Snagler will drop ten drop passes just yeah. because we've talked about it. We've you got, know, I think he's going to have a horrible it. year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he just looked terrible, terrible and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will get into your questions right now, and I just want to remind everybody, before we get into the questions, that our good friend It's Vince Quinn on the Twitter.com. Vince Quinn is doing a fantastic job of Upon Further Review. That's awesome. And his latest one is about Steve Young's career, and basically, the title says it all, Steve Young should have been a bust. So it he's had a—it was a nutty—I listened to it today, and it was— Indeed, the craziest trip of of all time going from the USFL to Tampa Bay to Bill Walsh liking his rushing ability and scrambling ability and all that stuff. It's a really great listen. Be sure to check that one out as well. It was just released yesterday, and you can go find it at bgnradio.com. Our good friend Mike K., what's up, buddy? Now covering the Jaguars down there uh, for First Coast news. More likely to be on the Eagles this season, BLG. Mike K. or Marcus Smith? Mike K. Yeah. Yeah, Tell him to pack it up, man. Come on back to the cold. Bring it back up here. Uh, BLG, will stick with you on this one, too. And I don't even know if you're a Bond fan or not. But this is from our good friend Neil Dutton uh, across the pond there. Does a fantastic podcast with his buddy who's uh, a Washington fan. That's unfortunate for him. In the light Uh of Roger Moore's passing, who is the best Bond of all time, sir? What? What is this question? Roger Moore, who passed away, who who was one of the James Bonds uh who oh james bond who is the best james bond of all time
2: uh isn't it george clooney
0: (laughs) oh no (laughs) fuck that guy first of all i haven't seen him i I don't (laughs) know i would still i i'm still uh i'm still much the sean connery i don't know about you i like sean connery a
1: lot i like him a lot but my favorite bond is octopussy and um I got to go with Roger Moore, man. Roger Moore that, was that's, the guy. That's the guy. That was my guy, man.
0: There it is. And then uh, – oh, oh. <laughs> and and follow-up, BLG. Sorry I missed this part. Would he be better than Marcus Smith at defensive end, your favorite James Bond? Holy crap the, the Marcus Smith age is coming in here.
2: <laughs> Marcus Smith had a decent season last year, man. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he looks like an NFL player.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, don't, think, not I don't think any of the starter. James Bond could be a good defensive end, but maybe mm-hmm. – um, I don't know. Maybe, what would a what would James Bond be in a in a position? Oh, I would, uh, I would say something wide receiver, sneaky, maybe. a wide receiver. Wide. I was thinking a safety, safety, maybe something like that. Where's sneak. the safety help? Uh, let's <laughs> <There you go. laughs> hear that. Uh, all right, Teron, who do you predict to be the starting wide receivers and cornerbacks at the end of the season? Go.
1: Okay, their opening package. Their base is going to be three receivers. So let's go. Alshon Jeffrey at Z. Yeah. Torrey Smith at X. Yep. Good old Jordan Matthews at right. the slot.
0: They're, I think that's right. CBs? CBs. Well, they're going to play nickel more or less the time, right? I mean, they're yeah. going to play nickel probably. A lot. I, like 43% right. of the nickel, time.
1: Nickel, I'm going to say Rasul Douglas at left corner. I'm going to say what you saw. Rasul Douglas at left. Patrick Robinson at right. Jalen Mills in the slot. Base. Sue is going to start. Wow. wow. I believe wow. Sue's is going to start. Okay. I really do. So I'm going to say Rasul Douglas and Jalen Mills. Uh, what do you got there,
0: uh, BLG?
2: Um, for wide receivers, I'm going to agree with Teron. I think it's Torrey and Alshon on yeah, the outside. Right, Jordan Matthews, out. if he doesn't get traded um, in the slot. And for cornerbacks, I'm going to guess for week one, I'm going week one. I think this changes, but I think Patrick Robinson and Jalen Mills start on the outside in week one. Um, and then Ron Brooks will be your nickel cornerback there. So I don't think Douglas will be on the field so much right away. I, although I think that could easily change. I think you know Robinson struggles, or someone gets hurt, or something like that. And then Rizul Douglas is in. Uh, I think you'd probably you might be best moving off Robinson to the slot. That seems like where he's had his most yeah, success mm-hmm. in recent years. But it seems like the Eagles still like Brooks there. So we'll see.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll probably say at the end of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I agree with everything else. I don't know how the CBs end up. Actually, I think Razul actually will start, and I don't know who's going to be on the outside. Honestly, I I, I don't want to say it's Patrick Robinson, even though that's what I'm thinking at the at the back of my head. I, I forgot to mention that too. Doug Peterson did mention that they are they are your two starters at least moving into Jalen Mills and Patrick Robinson. No no big surprises there. Okay, uh, B L G. This is uh, from Eric uh Erza Erza Rip E R A Z or excuse me E R Z A R I P uh if if it were up to you as now that Jordan Hicks was the 84th pick in 2015 and two selections later the Cardinals took David Johnson right now if you had to redraft would you switch those two guys out
2: not at all Jordan Hicks is uh, he's his stats just based on stats alone He's literally on pace to be a Hall of Famer. I know David Johnson is very, very good, and I would love to have a running back. So it's a, it's a tough question. I get it, but I just I think Jordan Hicks is so awesome, and I, I think he's just a really good dude too. I don't want to get rid of him.
0: For you know, it's funny because they I mean, got to remember too that oh no, did they did they make the switch? Oh yeah, they made the switch already. Yeah, I was gonna say I was trying to use the Sean McCoy excuse, but they traded this. But uh, man, I think that's extremely tough. I will say this just because of the injury history. Well, they both have injury history. So that takes that out. I'm gonna m I'm gonna say David Johnson. I would I would take David Johnson over Jordan Hicks. Teron. That's a tough one. It's a very it's so close that I want to mention that. It's very, very close. Very close. I I think that the I think that it's more important for Carson Wentz to have that, so that's why I'm giving that the nod.
2: Right.
1: I'm gonna go with Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Just because the guy's coverage skills, how he plays against the run, yeah, see, how I, he
0: defends the screen. Man. What would happen in the middle of the field right now if you took him out of that? That's well, the other thing not I'm thinking, only that,
1: too. When this team was struggling against screens, you know, because that's what they started to go to to attack that attacking defense, all of a sudden you see this guy all flow into the, the football. He and Nigel Bradham. I I, I got to go, I got to go with Jordan Hicks. But David Johnson is, is a very good all around back. So From? University of Northern
0: Iowa. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really no, That's yeah. a stretch. It, it counts. <clears throat> uh oh, hey, our uh on on our uh road producer Brian Colter, chiming in. Was the entire point of our oh, OTA's worth it just to get that DGB clip falling down in every, in every possible <sighs> sense? Yes, Brian, absolutely. It was. Uh, uh, Sean. Uh, Sean is is chiming in. I always forget how to pronounce his last name. Your uh, BLG is it Cottrell? Just like straight up. Yeah. I okay. You got it. Sean Cottrell, uh, player that's most caught your eye this weekend. I think we all agreed on that as we we're going out. as Nelson Aguilar probably was that? Uh, Jack Fritz, who you heard earlier yell and scream about Fletcher Cox on this podcast, along with James Seltzer, uh, Mac Collins, mm-hmm. first or second round Hall of Famer there. BLG. Their first ballot, I should say. I was going to say, uh, easily first ballot.
1: First ballot. <laughs> first ballot. Funny story, real quick. I On the sideline, right, they were working special teams, and Sue Douglas was on the sideline. A- Aaron Grimes was in there at the number three position, and he asked uh, – uh, Sewell if he wanted to switch, and Sewell was like, hell no, you got Mac on this assignment. You know what I mean? So he's already got a presence on the team, whereas they don't want to go against
0: him. No way, dude. That's all, that's all you. <laughs> See? I mean, it's, I, as soon as I, to, to my lips, to God's ears, uh, everything kind of turns around. So Mac Collins is going to be a Hall of Famer now. Uh, this is from Howard Myers. What L.A. game are you guys coming out for, Rams or Chargers? And are you going to podcast out here? Howard, let me just say this soon my friend and i think we might be doing both of them so bofa both jimmy kemsky Scott <laughs> style bofa <laughs> bofa, bofa <laughs> these. we're gonna do both of these nuts uh my friend so that'll be uh <clears throat> god i just got uh some water down my throat that's nice so yeah i think one way or another we'll definitely be out there for one we're trying to finagle so you and at least me and BLG would be out there and we're trying to get more so we're we're figuring it out but uh
1: I'll be at both but yeah I mean if if we could team up man that would be all the better that maybe. way I won't get you know uh, I'll leave that alone <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. drink a lot by myself on the road man <laughs> I drink alone yeah when I'm by myself uh
0: so yeah just for maybe to keep Toronto alive we'll probably have to do that now so uh, but, yeah, wait on the details on that because we might be bringing – we'll try to bring a lot of the Eagles' nest out there. Oh, and if you are going out there and you don't have a ticket to the game but you just want to go anyway, check out Big Wangs in Hollywood. That was always a, a bird's nest uh, for uh, where I would go uh, check out the games. Final question from Hunter McQuaid. Who will be more productive in the passing game this year? Uh, will it be Mac or Nelson, BLG? I'm
2: going to go with Nelson. Just I like to go with the veteran. I know that's crazy. Me, the, the most notable, probably Nelson Aguilar skeptic on this podcast saying mm-hmm. that. But uh, I just I always like to side with the veterans because I think they have an easier path to playing time. Usually, although it could be close. If, if it's the Nelson Aguilar we've seen in past years and he's not playing well, I think, you know, Mac Collins does have a chance to get over him. But I, I think that's
0: a good question. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you think? Mac or Aguilar there, bud? Uh, no, Aguilar. You guys know how I feel about it. <laughs> all right, just to be different, Matt Collins. Because yeah, wow. we already said he was in that Hall the of Fame.
2: Matt Collins hater on this podcast.
0: Matt Collins. I'd say, no, you know what? I think they'll be even. Because I think they'll be rotating in and out a lot for through uh, those guys. Even though they have completely different skill sets, I could still see them kind of messing around with Aguilar and, and Hollins in the slot there and taking Jordan Matthews off for a couple and doing, doing some of that stuff. So, uh, with that being said, BLG's got to get to his... Survivor and uh, has gonna well continue to look dashing and handsome, and I have to edit this bad boy. So, BLG, your final thoughts here, my friend. Uh,
2: final thoughts really just that, uh, you know, it's a, I thought it was an overall a good first day of practice, there was no major injuries. I know, uh, I think Tyler orlowski he got hurt a couple of weeks ago, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, because no, it's not funny, but it's it's weird that <laughs> the Eagles' top <laughs> undrafted free agent signings like him and Gerard Evans. And uh, Charles Walker. And those guys might be back, by the way, once they get healthy. We'll see in training camp. But overall, I thought it was a good day. I think here's here's the one thing I think I forgot to mention that I said to you, John. It was after a play where we watched Timmy Jernigan just bust through the offensive line. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it looked like it was a screenplay, and it wasn't. He just busted through. Mm-hmm. With, he just totally ran through whoever was blocking him. I guess it was uh, Sumalo or someone in there. Um, I just looked over to John. And I was like, man, this pass rush is going to eat. And then I just started getting excited about it. And I was like, yeah, you know. And then Timmy Jernigan's is just going to be busting through. And then you have Fletcher Cox here. And once he gets here, they're going to be... Uh, such a good team in the middle and they're gonna get all this interior pressure and all those people including Vince Quinn are our, our good friend who say you know paying defensive tackles is dumb. They're gonna <laughs> look like they're dumb because all this pressure is gonna come up through the middle and then you're gonna have Derek Barnett out on the edge bending around the corner and getting the, the quarterback there who's being flushed out of the pocket. So Day one of OTAs and I'm already getting way too excited, but I think this pass rush could be pretty good.
1: Yeah, get used to that with with Timmy, man. He I, I watched him firsthand for two years, man. It's he's fun. Um, another thing with that pass rush, the NASCAR package. You, you saw where they bumped Vinny Curry inside. I talked to him about that afterwards, and I actually, John, you were there with him. Yeah. He was pretty excited about that. You know, another way to get on the field. But parting shot, really. Um, you know, this is a time to be excited because football is, is, is coming back. You know, you're getting to see your guys out there on the field. But curb your enthusiasm. Don't be too excited. Don't get too caught up. in Carson Wentz went 18 for 23 for 200 yards. That's foolishness, all right? Don't get locked into stats at, this, at these OTAs because oh, it's yeah, not real not. defense that you're seeing. So, look, I'm uh, excited about the season, you know. And it's going to be awesome. Next week we'll be back, and you'll you'll get our reports from that. So I appreciate the support that everybody's given us, and you know that's it.
0: Uh, I would. Uh, my favorite moment, actually, I forgot to mention, was that uh, Brandon Graham was getting double teamed on a play during eleven on elevens, yes. and got through. And like it would would have been a sack on Carson Wentz, and he knew it immediately. He was like, got him! Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, Yo, he's fun. <laughs> he's too. Man. so much fun. Brandon Graham is so much fun. So I don't care if he bitches about his contract or doesn't. I, I will always love Brandon Graham. Hey to man. Uh, uh, just uh, by the time you're hearing this, probably just a little less than forty-eight hours before our BGN Radio store stops being on sale. So it's fourteen dollars T-shirts. The Philly Blunt one has been very popular, along with Wensylvania and uh, the uh, the fantastic artwork of the Wentz wagon. Moving forward is uh, Ben Franklin's got the Super Bowl trophy in front of him, and he's trying to take us all to the promised land. And, uh, you know, the Fletcher Cox shirts and uh, Wentz's, his little take on Wendy's shirt that's up there, too. It's very popular. So go check that out, uh, along with the accessories and all of that uh, as well. I just want to say that uh, this has been uh, a a lot of fun uh, so far this offseason. We're going to try and keep it it, uh, rolling, and uh, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, So for myself, John Barchard, From Mr. BLG and Tehran Davenport, that's it for 238 right here on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com.